Hey everybody, Juan here. Before we begin a brand new episode of A Cast of the Past, we gotta let you know that a little oopsie happened. So, the power of technology is beautiful, it brings us together, but every now and then, it decides to work against us. And that happened where one of our audios actually became corrupted while working on this episode. So, what we did is we stitched whatever we could, so that way this conversation about reality shows, what we watched back in the day, the 90s, the 2000s, and going now with Love is Blind and other stuff, we wanted to give you this episode because we had a blast, we laughed out loud, we basically had no agenda, so it sucks when things like this happen, but uh, we are committed to working on this podcast, and we know that honestly, uh, people just need to listen to conversations right now where we can't necessarily leave our homes, but if the audio quality does not meet your expectations, we strongly do apologize and hope that will never, ever happen again. But without further ado, enjoy a brand new episode of a cast to the past. That, 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 that's it. staying at home, there's a really good chance that your Netflix account is being put to uh, use pretty frequently. And dare I say, there's a good chance that you're checking out some of those reality shows. Those shows that in the 90s, they were booming with shows like The Real World, Fear Factor. It was all about who was going to end up together, who's the biggest personality. And now we're talking about Love is Blind. When you have people stuck in pods without seeing each other, can they possibly fall in love? We're going to talk about our, our love or a lack of love for reality shows growing up. And then what are we checking out right here, right now? And another exciting episode of A Cast of the Past with a brand new episode each and every Sunday with yours truly, Juan Velas from Puerto Rico. Joining me from Boston, Massachusetts, we have Ryan McNulty. Ryan, in your case, uh, growing up, considering we were teenagers around that big booming period of reality shows, did you check out any during that time? I did. And the, the interesting thing is reality shows, I think my interest in them has pretty much been consistent in that anytime I hear about one, it sounds like the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. And I have no interest in checking it out. But anytime I actually sit down and someone puts it on, I immediately get sucked in and then I want to watch it. So it's like this, it's like the ultimate guilty pleasure of a type of show because in concept and everything, it sounds like this is trash. I have no interest, but so many times I've been sucked into really stupid shows. I think that's pretty much uh, hitting the nail on the head. But from London, Ontario, Keith Hamilton, same thing, man. Uh, during that time where people were obsessed about these uh, these celebrities that, you know, a couple of days before, maybe they were just casual people, but then they put cameras on them and they became famous. Did you check out any during that time? I really got into the first season of survivor a little bit into the second season then that guy got lit on fire and then i was kind of out <laughs> at that point but 
I'm with Ryan where I hate reality shows like 99% of the time, but just every now and then I just get sucked in by one and then I just binge it over and over and I fall deeply in love with it and then hate myself afterwards for it. But there's just something that's such a guilty pleasure about these shows and then it gets me every now and then and I'm never proud of it, but it does get me. I think that's exactly what happens uh, with everybody watching and listening. Please uh, consider joining our Discord at acastofthepast.com slash Discord and let us know when you think about reality shows. I think there's like many different ones, right? Because you have the ones that technically Cops was a fake reality show, right? Where it was about uh, cops' lives. Uh, well, I, I'm thinking of, no, that that's the real one. I'm thinking of uh, Reno 911, right? Reno 911 oh, yeah. was like a spoof of these things. But you do have your shows where it's like, oh man, uh, I love to watch people get arrested because I didn't think of that as reality shows. I just thought of it as, hey, it's somebody's life and it's being recorded, but it is technically uh, that's more yeah. of a reality show than reality shows yeah, because a lot of them are edited a show. and all that. Yeah, yeah, it's a show based on reality. Yeah, Reno I mean, 911 is its own era of like, it's like a mockumentary for reality. It's like a mockumentary for cops. I don't know. There must be a term out there for it. But um, yeah, reality shows, there's definitely a degree of, you know, at the end of the day, the people who edit it kind of control the destiny of things because a reality show will always happen and then you read about it afterwards and every single time almost you'll you'll hear people speak out saying, I was misrepresented or whatever. Um, and I remember there was a big show uh, in the early, it must have been in the early 2000s called Joe Millionaire. I don't know if you guys remember this. But it was on Fox and basically the theory behind this uh, reality show was they were going to make this guy look like a millionaire, but in reality, he's like a truck right. driver or whatever. So what it would be is like at the end of the whole dating game, he reveals that he's not actually a millionaire. And then they decide like, oh, like, are they still going to fall in love even though he doesn't like, does she care about him for his money? But I remember there was a very controversial thing where like they both went into the woods, like him and this other girl. And they started basically using audio from like another occasion to make it sound like something was going on. So you never know, like people can be misrepresented. It's not, not every show is as real as you may think it is. Some pride themselves on being more real than others. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's still television, right? You're still trying to get ratings. So you do need to spice you need things to, up. Yeah, you need to base it in reality, but really spice things up. I think a great example of that, even though it's not really going for ratings, is the most recent one on Netflix, Love is Blind, where they make some people on that show seem like the worst pieces of trash on this Damn planet. Damn you, Jessica! Oh, she's... Oh, my God, I hate her so much. But then you read about stuff after the show and you're like, well, actually, she was kind of misrepresented and everything wasn't as bad as you may or as the show led you to believe or people weren't actually as crazy as the show led you to believe. And don't and get to spoilers. I'll be careful because that, that show just came out, which uh, for those that yeah, don't won't know, spoil anything. Yeah, but just in case that's you know how I mentioned that sometimes there's those shows that get me. That was one of those that got me just started watching one episode and then three days later i was through the whole season and i'm just like what happened to me 
<laughs> yeah, for those that don't know, Love is Blind is something that my wife and I checked out because Netflix just just didn't stop recommending it, right? The whole premise, uh, I don't know if you've seen or heard about it, Ryan. I have is seen that, a couple episodes, yeah. Okay, cool. So, for those that don't know, is that you have all these different people, random people, that they got to date each other inside these different pods, but here's the catch. They can only hear the opposite side. So, you have one half of these buildings be the men and the other half are the women. So they got to just, you know, uh, rotate who they date, but they're only listening to these people with the idea that when you don't, uh, when you don't smell them, see them, see what they're like, what they're dressing, you know, like <laughs> smell with them, all very that. Very important. Yeah. Smell Hi- hygiene. Hi, good hygiene. I mean, that, that, <laughs> that is maybe one of the most important things that you really think about it. And then the question is that they actually have to propose to them beforehand, right? They have to propose without seeing each other and then they see each other. And then afterwards, it's like, does that physical connection match with the other one Uh, without getting into any spoilers? What is interesting about the show is, you know, is love blind? Is that a big factor? Uh, Ryan, as somebody that maybe you haven't watched all of it, how intriguing do you think it is that they are trying to, I guess, reinvent the wheel with reality shows where we, you know, we've seen so many dating ones. I mean, you want to talk about something mm-hmm. like Flavor of Love, amazing. But with this one, uh, what you think of it based on what you've seen? Um, I'm not as big on the relationship ones, or at least like the romantic ones like The Bachelor and, and stuff like this. Uh, I will admit this is an interesting twist. This is not really a spoiler to say, though. I think they were pretty safe in their first go around where everybody is at least reasonably attractive that they've put on this show. So they didn't go for like someone who had this great relationship and then all of a sudden they see each other and this guy is like super ugly or whatever. They didn't really take any risks. So maybe they're saving that. That's like locked in the can for season two where they're they're going to go a little more risky with that. But I thought... You know, most of these people, when they see the other person, you know, they're they all look good. I like I don't think there's going to be a big issue, Um, but it's more I think the bigger risk is like the fact that they have to commit to marriage, you know, like based on that. One might call that insane. Yes, (laughs) it is insane. But that's the magic of reality shows. In your case, Keith, talking about uh, love is blind. Uh, Is it interesting to see how the relationships develop from like that non-visual perspective to then, I mean, hey, but they got to have sex at some point. So naturally, those things do flow throughout the show. Uh, Did that keep your interest now that you actually got to see that happen? I, you know what, it, it was fascinating in the way that because if you've ever been in a long term relationship, you can kind of see all the phases that they're going through just in this insanely accelerated process where things that might take weeks or months that you're building upon, like, well, we've got three weeks until we're married. We need to figure this out right now if we want to actually go through with this. So it was it was fascinating to kind of see all of these things that in some cases that you spent months working on in your own instance that they just like, oh, okay, well, this is three days later and they've kind of crashed and burned on this one. So I really enjoyed it from that aspect, from the experiment side, less the less so the people interacting with other people's side, but actually seeing this experiment that they're working towards and that they need to remind you five times an episode about the experiment. I enjoyed that part of it. 
Okay, and uh, you mentioned, uh, Ryan, that you're not like super big into these uh, dating reality shows and all that. I, I do think it's interesting that maybe they're the ones that people connect with the most because maybe it leads to like the bigger conversation pieces on Facebook. Hey, do you know, do you agree with this relationship? But as both of you have brought up, I think that for me, what kills off a lot of these shows is that it is so heavily edited. They have to tell a story. You know, there's a reason that in any of these shows, you know, not one character, it's it's a pure convenience that one of them becomes the lead character, right? That's because maybe that's the most interesting person. That doesn't mean that maybe they chose that, but they choose to edit it in such way. And I think that once you become aware of that, the magic gets lost as opposed to something, you know, talking about old shows like Fear Factor, right? It's different because it's like, here's a scenario, are you going to put up with it? Are there any other yeah. shows that you think Fear about Factor that are maybe kind of like game show and reality show kind of blended, you know, and a lot of these do kind of blend a game show. There's always a prize, but, um, you know, the Fear Factor, especially like I wouldn't they normally have like a different cast each episode. I'm not I'm not sure. I, I can't remember. But yeah, so you didn't have kind of like that narrative that you could tell throughout multiple episodes. So Keith, in your in, in your case, which other shows uh, maybe growing up, like 2000s, I feel there were a lot. I mentioned Flavor of Love. Did you guys actually check out Flavor of Love at any point? I've never I, heard of it. I saw like, some yeah. of that, and then I remember what? there was there was the uh, Brett Michaels one. There wait, was wait, 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 wait. I, I got to take this back. I got to take Keith. Flavor Flav? Yeah, I know who Flavor Flav is. Flavor of Love. It's like, okay, you know, he's the most handsome human show. being ever. And then here's all of these stereotypical women, and then they want to date him. Does like, VH1 look, still exist? Like, I, I don't know thought about that channel. Yeah, see, I don't know. I like I missed or I got out of the whole MTV VH1 phase pretty early in life. Like there was a point where I, it was the music video channel for me, but I never really watched all the shows on there. Like the type of reality show that just repulsed me to no end my entire life is the celebrity reality television show like i did watch a bit of the osbournes that's the one i checked out but like oh, the Hogan, yeah. that was a good one like the bam margaro mm -hmm. one yeah see i didn't i hated viva la bam i hated hogan knows best <laughs> the, the paris hilton one whatever one that was oh, called. oh life. wow i the forgot simple, about yeah, that yeah, wow. like i just bounced off all of those even to this day where i would rather just like beat my head against a wall than have to watch the kardashians just that stuff is so unappealing yeah. to me man but thinking about you know this what? I was going to say, I got a couple ones recently that I've been watching. I guess this one technically counts, but if you guys, I'm sure you guys have heard of The Masked Singer, right? Which is, you know, essentially celebrities dress up in these crazy elaborate costumes where you cannot see any, any part of them. A quick question to kind of mm -hmm. uh, to sidetrack. Do you guys consider that reality television? Because to me, that's yeah. more of like a competition. Yeah, I suppose it is. It, I mean, kind of like what would you consider American? I guess American Idol is more of a competition as well. Consider it more like like the America's Got Talent, the American Idols, the Mass Singers. Like to me, that's in a whole different category. They they kind of fall into the same in the sense that I think if it was only here's the person singing and then you judge them based on that. But when you look at the way those shows are edited, 
you know, you have the interviews, you have the backstory between them. So they're creating a story about something that otherwise would not have. So I think it's like the final part, which is the singing, right, is important. But, you know, you have your, uh, man, I forgot, like the She Bangs. But yeah, it's it's uh, all about like basically trying to, what? William Hung, thank you. Uh, You know, it's like you get these stories that if it was about the singing, he would have never shown up, but he was fascinating to watch, so they put him on. No, it's true. American Idol, they do like the video packages to get, you know, tell more of their stories. So they definitely push a narrative. But um, another one on Netflix, though, that is on one of those reality shows that I didn't know what the hell it is about, but got really sucked into and was actually really fun to watch um, is called The Circle. And basically, this uh, is like they took a bunch of people and they put them in apartments in this one building and they, you know, they don't have their phone and they don't, they, so they can't contact anyone in the, the outside world. I mean, I, I, I'm hesitant to say isolation, but because of everything that's going on, but. So what you're saying is we're, we're in a reality show right now. Before, yeah, yeah, this, this is taped before everything went down, but anyway, the idea is basically, so you have all these people in these rooms um, and they are making essentially a new social media within this one small circle of people, right? And the object of the game is to be the most liked person. Wasn't so, there a movie with uh, Hermione Granger and Finn called The Circle that was like this? Uh, Hold on. Potentially. Um, but anyway, so what you do is like, you can only speak to people, people can, yeah. So it's think of it like Facebook, but for a small circle of people, meaning that you can make a profile and you can chat with people, but only via text, right? So you have to try to interpret what everyone's saying. But you can't see their pictures or anything else like that? You can see their pictures. They make a profile and they have... Um, like I said, they can put like a status and things like that. And then everything else you're, you're just like texting each other on like, there's like TV screens in every room so you can interact with anyone no matter where you are in the apartment. But the catch, another catch is when you play this game, you can choose to be yourself or you can choose to basically be a catfish and say, okay, as myself, I don't think I would be the most liked person. So I'm going to pretend to be like a hot girl instead. Okay. And so then it comes down to like, can, like, as these people build relationships, you kind of get suspicious. You're like, oh, is this person real or are they like catfishing me? Yeah. Um, oh, no. This is bringing yeah. back like bad online dating memories. <laughs> yeah. And then basically, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. basically, what happens is like through each round, people do like a ranking. So they'd be like, oh, if I talk to this guy, I feel like we have a good relationship. I'm putting him as my number one ranking. And then you like, people are like ranked to the bottom. And then it it's revealed, not everybody's ranking of each other, but you get like an average. And then two people who are the top rank people get to choose who to block from the circle. Like they get eliminated. And then new people will start to enter the circle. So it gets interesting, like the people at the, yeah, the people oh, wow. at the beginning, yeah. 
you know, the people at the beginning have the advantage of like building that rapport, but someone new has a chance to like make a different impression. How so many episodes is it? There's, I believe like 11 episodes or something, but it's like I said, it started out where you're like, oh, I don't really know about this, but my girlfriend started watching it. And then of course I sit down, I you know like learning about it getting into it and then i'm the one like hey when are we gonna watch the next episode keith so, i i want to watch this keith yeah it's actually it's it is worth it and you should uh it's not a good movie but you should watch the i think it came out in like 2015 but there's a movie with emma watson and tom hanks called the circle which is pretty much this idea is it a netflix uh movie <laughs> i watched it on netflix a few I years like, ago I wonder if it's related yeah, maybe they maybe they took the movie and they thought that it would be a good reality show. So, thinking about all this, you know what I'm what I've been contemplating is, you know, I I brought up Flavor of Love. And I think if you were to ask me, could that show be made in 2020? I think the answer would be no because I did say stereotypical woman earlier, and but I what I mean by that is that Reality shows in the 2000s treated women like objects, like flat out. They they didn't hide it, right? It was, here's a man, and then there, it, it is all just about like superficial stuff. Now, think about what you're saying, Ryan. Like nowadays with this, Love is Blind, other reality shows, I think many producers and TV people realize that, look, we can't keep doing that type of show because it's not politically correct. Well, it, it depends, yeah, but oh, even there's also there's but, also wait, another show. But when you show. compare that to early 2000s, though, I mean, it yeah. is a big difference. Well, let me put it this way: let me disprove your point in a way. So, like, I think Netflix got some good reality shows with some good messages, but there's also this other one. Uh, is it called Too Hot to Handle or something? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I haven't watched is, it, but it is on my the girlfriend list, started possibly. watching it. And the concept of it is to, you have like this resort and you put a bunch of really hot people on the resort and there's a $100,000 prize pool. But every time they have any type of sexual interaction with each other, it takes from the the pot of money it gets so the object of them is to build actual relationships but not do anything physical or they lose some of the money so keith as i was saying reality shows <laughs> over time uh they just added more but really they're just as yeah. bad as in the past is yeah, what i was yeah, trying to say exactly. really <laughs> netflix is like okay we get some we got some more progressive ones, but, you know, we got our trash here, right? Oh, here. you know For what they should do? They it. should have a PC slider, like a politically correct reality show slider. Yeah. It's like you keep dragging it and then just less <laughs> options continue. To... Yeah. Wow. Can somebody make that? That yeah, would not be a bad like, idea. It's like, do you want stuff that's a little more tasteful? No. Dial it all the way down to the like, trash. <laughs> what's that? What's that called? Uh, too hot to handle? Yeah. Too hot to handle. Yeah. Wow. So now, if we're if we're talking about trash and reality TV shows, I feel like there's one giant omission that we're talk or that we haven't brought up yet. That's another recent Netflix thing that I fell in love with so badly and I love it so much. I'm scared. You know who I'm talking about? My man Joe Exotic. Oh, oh no. the Tiger King. Oh, it's back. I it's mean, back. is that reality or is that a documentary? You know, I, I don't know. Either way. Sometimes I it don't is, know. I think it might fall something. into both. It's something. <laughs> 
What a People, beautiful show the Tiger King is. I I don't even know how to describe it to you. It's like the reality show version of watching a train wreck. It's oh, that yeah. thing that you can't look away from, but you just know that it's bad and, <laughs> and it's really basically bad. <laughs> everyone save for maybe like three people are just terrible people <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean social media very much likes it likes to let you yeah. know who are but again, the, the it's bad interesting people. the editing and everything of that reality right of you know so many people are like oh free joe exotic where it's like be because the well, no, and that's what I'm saying. But a lot of because the way that they painted it, it's like Joe Exotic's like the, kind of the anti-hero of the documentary. But at the end of the day, if you look at the things he did, he is an absolute monster and probably deserves everything he has coming to him. And all these people are out for Carol Baskin, who, again, she is not a great person, but did not at all deserve the things that happened to her. So, But I, I think what, what you just brought up, when you asked Keith, is it a reality show or a documentary? I think we could always ask that because look at Love is Blind, right? What did they say at the beginning? This is a social experiment. So is it more of a documentary about, you know, what happens when all these people come together? There is a lot of similarities. And I think that's the problem, right? Because usually when we think about a documentary, we think of it like, oh, it's trying to validate information. When reality, mm -hmm. no, here they're trying to entertain us, but create yeah. this false perspective. Like I'm not going to get to, you know... Um, What's fascinating about Love is Blind is that after the season concludes, not going to say anything about the actual episode other than they do have a reunion show, which is great to watch because it was recorded, uh, Love is Blind was recorded in 2018, I believe was when that originally happened. So two years after, you actually get to sit down and hear these people. And there is that social media component of what happens when people have seen you and now you get to react whether you are the bad guy or or not. But I feel like we are something that we got to bring up. Otherwise, I would feel insulted, which are your wrestling fans. So as the last reality show that I, I have to bring up in this damn episode, we got to at least bring up Tough Enough for at least one second, people, for oh, crying yeah. out loud. It's like Tough Enough, at least for me was the first. And I think it was like, what was that UFC one? Uh, uh, oh, the Ultimate Fighter. The Ultimate Fighter. I think you know what's so sad. I hate what? all of them, but I know all of their names. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Keith, are you sure you hate them? Because for somebody that hates yes. them, you sure watch a lot of them. I don't watch them. I just know their names, and I hate it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, tough enough for those who don't know. Much like the Ultimate Fighter was, well, you want to become a WWE superstar, or you want to become a UFC fighter. But they put you in all these, you know, insane scenarios. And I think tough enough for me because I was a big wrestling fan growing up. It definitely was a reality show that I could feel identified with. Like, oh man, I, I want to become a WWE superstar and I have that happen. You got, you know, The Miz, a lot of people that did end up becoming wrestlers like uh, John Morrison, John Hannigan, Johnny Impact, Johnny Social Distancing, whatever his name <laughs> is now. You know, he had so many names, but he started that. Uh, you had uh, uh, multiple people, Maven. He threw a Maven, the first winner. And, you yeah. know, for whatever is worth, he stayed in WWE for a reasonable amount of time. You know, he, he got himself a career. And he dropkicked The Undertaker at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. And he was a hardcore champion, at least at one point. 
What did you guys think about that where we're coming from the world of wrestling, WWE or WWF at the time definitely wanted to bring in some of that reality audience. And I think both actually blend in pretty well. Do you think that was a, let's say the first two seasons, right? That kept changing the first two seasons for anything that you either heard of or saw, saw pictures of. Do you think that combination worked? I think it worked to a degree if you were already in the wrestling bubble, but being uh, during that time frame, this um, this like the whole wrestling is fake uh, being as strong as it was, I think it all leaned a little too hard. Like it was less about the competition and more about, well, you know, this actually really hurts guys. Like you're going to have to go through hell to do this and we're going to make it real tough on you and just put you through hell. And then you're going to get a kind of a bad WWE contract out of it. So I think it leaned a little too much in that if you weren't already in the wrestling bubble, I don't think it offered a lot to bring people in interest people outside of that bubble. But you know what show did now that you mention it, a show that did bring in some wrestling fans, total divas. Remember that show? Total Divas. I don't know. Is that still going? I th- no, yeah, total, I think so. at least Total Bellas is still happening. Yeah. I saw an ad for it the other day. Yeah. So Total Divas, you know, centered around the women um, in wrestling and their lives and made it more about, you know, their lives than anything actually wrestling. They kind of just glossed over the wrestling stuff. But even as a regular wrestling fan, even if you weren't big into the women wrestlers at the time that were on the show, there was a lot of little like tidbits and stuff you got to see behind the scenes of the WWE world that were actually really interesting and seeing just like personalities, you know. The best part of Total Divas was that five minutes an episode where you got to see like John Cena or, or Daniel Bryan or like the, the Usos. Usos were also amazing on that show. But I, I think that's maybe the healthiest combination of reality shows now, which is you have a whatever show it is, could be wrestling, could be UFC, could be another thing, but they do a spinoff that in many ways is also like a behind the scenes show, but then it becomes its own thing. Like think of how many people I've seen on social media say, I don't watch WWE, but I watch Total Divas. And eventually that led to me watching WWE. And I think a lot of people that are listening and watching, I would love to know uh, if you're watching a reality show, is there any in particular that you're like, uh, this really glued me to that? You know, like with Tiger King, as Keith brought up, I started watching that out of sheer, sheer curiosity. And I think it's always that curiosity of how are they going to make this interesting that you can't help but stop watching, even with Love is Blind. I'm not really into these dating shows But I think it's such a good conversation piece, whether it's fake or not. The fact that afterwards I could sit down with my wife and just have the conversation of how much of this is planned? Do you think this is going to work out? It's a fun conversation piece. Same thing with, you know, Survivor. You know, we didn't really talk about that one all that much. But Survivor Mm -hmm. was who is going to survive? And I remember back in the day. That was like a huge conversation piece. Oh, yeah. The first season of Survivor was like a pop culture phenomenon. Everyone was talking about it. I think my girlfriend's like one of five people that still watch it. But let me, let me, here's a fun question. What season of Survivor do you think that they are on right now? I'm going to say 18. There is no way it could be that high. I'm going to say 15. (laughs) Get ready for this. Are you holding on to something? <laughs> I'm holding on to my yeah. head right now. 
40. What? Season 40. Now, what? let me let me give you what? some context. Let me give Jesus. you some context. <laughs> they do two seasons a year. So, it's been 20 years, right? It's there worse might than have Power been Rangers. One, yeah. Season 40 happening right now. <laughs> How many? Okay. I, I got to Google this. How many episodes of Survivor are there? I need to I, I need to know this information. I cannot end this. Okay, so there are 582 uh, Survivor episodes. That doesn't seem as much, but yeah, 40 seasons. Holy crap, Yeah. Though. Damn. Think of all the Blu-ray releases they could have done back in the day now. <laughs> I know, right? Wow. And it's been the same host the entire time. God bless that man. <laughs> oh, Jeff wow. Probst. Yeah. He, okay, he's got to make some good money. Oh, yeah. But, man. He's, got, he's like, got to really love it if he's been doing it for 20 years, you know, nonstop. Or the money's really good. Oh, One yeah. Two. I'm sure. It's a little People. bit of A, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah. Now, the, 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 the concluding question for everybody listening now is, which season have you watched of The Survivor? And can you think of it without actually Googling it? Yeah. That's the challenge. And speaking of uh, John Hennigan, John Morrison, whatever, he was on a season of Survivor. I remember that. Yeah. Okay. Which so done it all. season was He was John Johnny Survivor. Hennigan. I don't know yeah. if that's actually right, but I think probably. he was actually. <laughs> it was relatively recent, actually. Yeah. I, yeah. I know yeah. it was at least two years ago. Apparently, it was 2018, based on what I'm saying. Yeah. So, season season like 35 or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, everybody, you know, we love having these random episodes because, yeah, we do cover the, the movies and all that, but there's like all these crevices, like even off air, you know, I was telling these guys, as we think of, uh, of like uh, video game episodes, it's like, hey, there's like cruising the world, cruising USA. What did I say? That's so funny. What did I say? Did you have to use the word crevices of all the things you could have said? <laughs> Why yeah, is it we're so just funny? gonna get in those crevices. Yeah, yeah you would, you would have just like get in there, man. Because it, it, okay, okay, Keith, you know why? Get ready. I'm gonna blow your mind. Reality shows are the cavities of your life. Boom. Yeah. Boom. You need to get a drill in my mouth and take them out of it. <laughs> Or they, or they're like the candy that give you the cavities. What are the exactly? Other? So, so we're gonna pull that. We're gonna pull that tooth out, and outside of that, we got some of these random episodes. So, uh, yeah, One's analogies don't always make sense. It doesn't always make he sense. Says them anyway. Hey, that that's what ha- that's what matters. Please let us know. Like, are there any other just like weird topics that nobody out there has covered, and you're like. I would like to talk about favorite cheese snacks from 1996, specifically <laughs> that year. If yeah. we want to get specific, March 1996 or 1995, let us know by going to the Discord. Uh, we do have that at acasttothepast.com. That's not the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> Discord. For the video version, here's John Hannigan. He's, a, he's a good looking dude. <laughs> Johnny Survivor, yeah. Uh, we have a brand new episode every Sunday. You can go back to the archives. We talk about games like Super Mario World, Silent Hill 2 last year, Resident Evil 3 for the original PS1. So good stuff. And I feel like we, we needed to balance it out by by talking about the real dirty stuff. Reality yep. shows. Yep. 
Yeah. Those crevices are dirty. Time to end the show. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of a cast. To the past. You, you want to get in that crevice of life, though, don't oh. you?